When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode. Do you know what morphology is? If you do, fantastic. If you don't, have you ever heard the phrase before or want to know what it means? Welcome to episode 54 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today I'm talking to you about morphology, what it is, and why it's important. Now, I just returned from a fabulous vacation in Italy, and morphology is actually what came to mind as our episode today, because while I was there, I don't actually speak Italian very well. I can actually speak better Spanish than Italian, despite the fact that my family is from Italy. When my family came to the United States, it was not exactly something of pride to be Italian, so it was banned to speak in my family. So my family only spoke English. My grandfather decided, you're in America, you speak English now, which is a common thing we hear a lot of people say, but it actually kind of kills the heritage for those of us whose families came from another country, but can't actually speak the language of where our families come from. It actually loses part of the original culture of the family. So I'm a little bummed about that. But the use of morphology is actually what helped me get through a lot of the conversations in Italy. Between my understanding of the Spanish language and my understanding of morphology, I was actually able to understand a lot of words, even if I couldn't answer people properly, I could tell what they were trying to tell me a lot of times. So today we are going to be talking about morphology and why it is so important for students who are learning to read. So to be perfectly honest, I meant to record this episode from my house over the weekend, but between jet lag and the fact that it was my birthday, I decided I just didn't want to work this weekend. So I'm recording this episode from my office, which, by the way, if you don't already know, is in a basement below a restaurant. So I'm using a microphone that is a little bit different than my normal one, partly because it's the only one I have where I am, but also it doesn't pick up as much sound of what's around me. So hopefully you cannot hear the banging around upstairs. Normally you actually really can't hear very much, but there's definitely one cart that I think holds dishes or something. I don't know. I can't see it. I can only hear it. And when it rolls across my ceiling then you can definitely hear it downstairs. So I'm crossing my fingers that you can't hear it today, but if you hear a strange sound, that's what it is. So what is morphology? We can actually use morphology to understand the word morphology. A morpheme is the smallest unit of meaning within a word. So words are full of sounds, but they're also filled with little parts of meanings. And if you put them all together, you can understand what a word means. A morpheme is that smallest unit of meaning. Often we can see this when we think about the language origins of a word. Most of English is made up of Latin, but we also have Greek and Old English and French. A lot of the things that we will do to teach kids how to understand words is to understand the Latin basis of them, because that is the overall structure of our language. And this is where it gets a lot easier when you are trying to learn other languages, such as Italian or Spanish, or even French, although the French pronunciation does change, so it's a little harder to hear it, even if you can see it when it's written on paper. We can use those morphemes to figure out what a word means, even if we've never heard of it before. 
When we use morphology, students not only learn how to sound out words, but they also learn basic ideas for how we might spell them, as well as understand the basic understanding of what a word might mean. Now, I will go into this more in my online courses, so if you are a parent or educator that's taken one of my courses, I go a little bit more in depth on morphology in the course, but this I think is important for everybody. Now that we've talked about what morphology is and the way we can use the small pieces of meaning to understand what words mean, let's go into some examples. One example that I came across in Italy was con, which in English means with, like connect, like if I connect my cord to the plug on the wall. In Spanish and Italian, it's pronounced con, but it is also still has that same meaning of with. And so when we think about language, there are actually a lot of little pieces within it that we don't even notice are there. I guess it depends on what kind of education you got growing up. If you were at a school that taught Latin, then maybe you actually already know some of this. For me growing up, I definitely grew up in a not-so-affluent community, and the only people who took Latin were either in college or went to the rich private schools. So it was not something any of us were taught growing up. So now that I teach it to students, I've actually had to learn it along the way just ahead of my students. So it is not something that has come naturally to me, but has opened up my eyes to all sorts of things, such as why words are spelled a certain way. And it really helps if we can teach it to students as well. One example that I like to use the most is RUPT, R-U-P-T. And the reason I like to use that as my example is because it can form so many words that are words people actually use in life. So the basic one that a lot of kids will get right away is erupt, like a volcano. And if you erupt, E means to go out or away from, and erupt is to break. So the lava is breaking out when we see a volcanic eruption. And then there we go. We have another morphology thing. Erupt became eruption. And we can learn about the different ways that we add suffixes and prefixes to words to change the meaning of words. So morphology becomes very, very critical, especially for students with dyslexia, because as they are learning to read, they are thousands and thousands of words behind their peers. What I mean by that is if a student is a good reader, they tend to read more often. If a student is a bad reader, they tend to avoid reading like the plague. So when you are doing this, then you are not as exposed to as much vocabulary. Our oral vocabulary, the way we talk, is much more simplistic than the way it is written in books. So if you never read a book, you're never exposed to the really rich vocabulary terms you would learn from books. By teaching students morphology, we can teach them how to figure out the meaning of unfamiliar words. One example that I saw a student use a few months ago was they had to read the word geothermic. And they'd never learned about geothermal energy or anything like that before, but they were able to figure out that geo means the earth and thermo means temperature or heat. So it had to do something with the temperature of the earth. Whether or not that's an exact definition isn't the point. The point is that student has some basic understanding of what the story is about, or in this case, what the science textbook was about. So by teaching students the core Greek and Latin roots, we can teach the students words that they may encounter in the future without even directly teaching the exact word. We don't have to know exactly what words they're going to stumble across, but we know what all of the really core words are in our vocabulary and what their bases are. So if we can teach the kids the words for geo and thermo and macro and micro, all these ones that they will see eventually in their life, then that will benefit them in the long run. I always think about those terrible standardized tests they make you take in school, both the ones that are every year as well as the ones like the SAT, that they make you take these vocabulary tests 
If you are a student who went to a school that didn't teach you Latin, and they have all of these absurd vocabulary words that nobody actually uses in their day-to-day life, those tests are significantly more challenging than somebody who was taught all the Greek and Latin roots. Because then they at least have a way to narrow down what the answers are, even if they aren't exactly 100% certain of what the word is, they at least have a shot at getting it right. Now, the other thing to know is that when you know Greek and Latin roots or any of the other main morphological roots, you can actually become better at spelling. For example, if you've ever seen a spelling bee, like the big national spelling bees that they do every year, and there's always some amazing kid who can win them, one of the questions they're allowed to ask is, what is the origin of the word? So I know if the origin of a word is Greek, then I'm probably going to use a PH instead of an F. And if I know the origin of a word is French, that means there's probably a higher likelihood of some extra letters in there that you can't actually hear. Because of the way that they pronounce a lot of words in French, you don't always pronounce every single letter the way that we do in English. We have to be able to know what those roots are in order to use them to spell properly. So as students get more and more familiar with this morphology, then they can actually use it to their benefit to know how to spell something. Even the word misspell. If I know the morphology of this, the prefix miss means wrong, and then spell is our original word, then I know I actually need two S's. One S for miss and an S for my original word. Because I know the morphology that meh, it would not be the prefix. It would be miss. And then I still have to keep my base word spelled properly. So if you don't understand morphology, it makes it a lot harder to understand why you spell things a certain way. So you might be wondering, how do I teach this to my student or my child if I don't actually know all of these ones? Well, I've got a couple resources for you. One is called Morpheme Magic by Deb Glasser. Glaser? I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. I've only seen it written down. And that one is for grades four and up. So four through 12 or basically any age, anytime they write four through 12, that means even adults can learn it. And then they've also created a younger kids version of it. And I don't remember exactly what it's called. So I will link that in the show notes of this episode. So there's also a early Morphine Magic program that they've just released recently. So I don't own that one. So I can't promise its value because I haven't used it yet. But I've definitely used the other Morphine Magic one because it helps me see the variations of some of the Greek and Latin roots. And any student who's in a good Orton-Gillingham-based program is probably already getting taught this anyway. So just keep that in mind. So in my program, I embedded into my Wilson lessons, and a lot of other Orton-Gillingham-based educators will teach it using their programs too. So it might look slightly different. And a lot of times I build it into the conversation and make it more natural rather than explicitly calling it morphology. In fact, this morning, I told a student my episode was going to be about morphology today. And she said, wait, what's that? And I said, you know what it is. I just don't always call it that with you. And it's when we talk about the word elements in our words. She goes, oh, okay, those. I just like to make it as natural as possible because keeping things as conversational as you can makes it a lot less boring. When I teach a student a new morpheme, one of my favorite things to do is teach it to them, tell them what it means and give them an example, and then try to see how many words they can think of that they hear that morpheme within. And then we can have some really great conversations about it and draw out some examples of what that morphine looks like within words. So if it's like rupt, like I talked about earlier, we might draw a picture of a volcano erupting. Okay, so to recap this week's episode, first we talked about morphology. What is it? It is the meaning within words, and that there are small elements of meaning within larger words. Then we talked about what it looks like and how it can help you for reading and developing vocabulary. 
So not only do you know how to sound out words because you're recognizing the word patterns, you also have a better idea of what they mean. While sometimes it's a literal definition and sometimes it's more metaphorical, you still have a basic understanding of what they're talking about, even if it's a word you've never heard before. This is especially important for students with dyslexia because if they are behind in their reading skills, then they likely are not practicing their reading as much, meaning they don't develop as much vocabulary as they need to be successful. So by studying morphology, they understand what the meaning of more words are when they encounter them in the future. And then lastly, we talked about a resource which was Morpheme Magic, which they have some newer versions for elementary students that I will also link in the show notes because I don't remember the name off the top of my head because it has just been released within the last month or two of recording this episode. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.